ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Oh, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio. ESPN 690. What has happened on a Tuesday from Davoli's House of Cards down here in St. John's County? Brent Martineau flying solo down here, but Casey Kurtz in the Action Sports Jack Studios, Aaron Schachter. Well, he's going to be in and out this week and mostly out because uh, he's corporate guy. So he's got to take it. You know, he's got to do some of those corporate things as we get ready for uh, Hurricane Ian to approach uh, the state of Florida and Jacksonville as well as we'll continue to keep you posted. And one of the things we'll get into early in the show here, we do have some pretty significant schedule changes. So if you've been working today and you haven't caught up yet on and seeing some of them, uh, we'll, we'll update you on uh, the changes that have happened, including with the Florida Gators, a lot of high school events. So far, the Jags are... are like status quo with everything. Of course, they're going to Philadelphia, and their window should be okay. I'm still wondering what they're going to do Thursday and Friday from a practice standpoint, but they have tomorrow to figure that out, and they can change uh, almost on a on a whim if they want to do so. Uh, we'll check in with Florida State. What about their game? How could it be impacted, and what about the Knowles? Jeff Colhane, the voice of the Knowles, will join us on ESPN 690 around 430. We'll go around the NFL today because the topic I didn't get to yesterday is Tua, and now you'll wonder if Tua will even play, I guess? Thursday night, coming off the <clears throat> back spasms. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. That's a good game Thursday night, potentially, with the way the Dolphins are playing. Want to take a peek ahead to Philadelphia a little bit. We're going to talk a lot on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, but now I'm starting to be curious if we'll be able to talk on Thursday and Friday as much as we want to <laughs> about the Jags. Yeah. So uh, I do want to start diving into uh, Doug Peterson going back. I think it's a big deal that Doug Peterson's going back to Philadelphia, Casey. Uh, let's just begin there for a moment and touch on it. Uh, Peterson wins a Lombardi trophy. I mean, they celebrate this guy. In fact, right off the top of my head, I'm like, he's got to get a big ovation when he goes back to Philly, right? I don't know. I think I think it ended in, in an interesting way for them. I don't I, I don't know how the Philly fans will react, to be honest with you. They're kind of a rational fan base. <laughs> I, I would think, in theory, that he deserves a standing O for winning them a Super Bowl. But, you know, they booed Santa or threw stuff at him, whatever the situation was there. So I'm not sure how that will play out. But I think he deserves it. Will he get it yet to be seen? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it ended from a bad blood kind of standpoint with Philly, I mean, sure, whenever when you're not winning as much from the fan base perspective, you're like, okay, but they're doing well, so that always helps. How are you doing in response? And I think that leads to, well, we're in a good mood right now. We're 3-0. and We're the best team in the National Football League. You can make the case if you're a Philadelphia uh, fan. And he won you a Lombardi trophy, all right? And that was missing from the trophy case for Eagles fans. I mean, I've got to believe Doug Peterson gets a big ovation, and I don't even know how they'll announce him, but when he comes on the field, like, this is not going to be a Russell Wilson situation. Although I will say, a little surprised at the Russell Wilson situation, the one thing that turned that was the article that had come out like a week earlier and some of the stuff that was created there. And so then all of a sudden Seattle fan feels spurned and like you don't want to be here. Well, that wasn't the case. 
for for Doug Peterson. He didn't ask to leave, <laughs> you know. So I think it will be uh, be interesting. But I just gotta believe he's gotta get a big gotta get a big ovation um, when he goes back to uh, Philadelphia. I think it's a really cool story, a big story, um, and. I think the Jaguars are really lucky to have him. That's really the biggest thing uh, going on with with uh, Doug Peterson right now. It's almost like I, we said this yesterday, but how did the rest of the league with 10, I think they ended up with 11 openings, hardly like make a pass at Doug Peterson. And, and now all these GMs and owners must be looking down here and say, well, we might like our guy. We might like our situation. We might be fine, but... We might have to evaluate our processes again because we should have taken a deeper dive at this guy. He won a Lombardi trophy. Look what he's fixed already in Jacksonville. Uh, Doug Peterson should be getting rave reviews. We already think he's like the front runner three weeks in to be the uh, coach of the year. And uh, who knows where that would end up, of course, by the end of the season. Uh, But all the things that have changed in Jacksonville in such a short time, and I just don't think you can, uh, you know, magnify that enough that how much has changed in short amount of time. I mean, we're talking going back to February. Remember, they were late in the hiring process. We wondered if that would hurt him. It didn't at all putting together a staff. He put together an amazing staff, it looks like, with a ton of experience. Like, he did the 180 from what happened last year and maybe even years prior, and he fixed it big time by getting former players. I even asked somebody. Oh, I asked Jamal Agnew last night. Uh, on on uh, Jags Report Live. I did. I asked him. Great program. Uh, well, we were talking about the butt punt, right? Sure. And so had to. Yeah, we had to. And so I said, what would the reaction be like in a room when you're reviewing the tape of that? He said, well, it really would be different if you win or lose. Like if you win, you're kind of laughing about it. But if you lose, that guy's probably going crazy on you, right? Yeah. And I said, well, because special teams guys are crazy to begin with. Like they kind of are. Right, the coaches like they're yeah, they're like offensive line coaches. Yeah, fired like, up. Those two coach, those two guys, like if you would label them are like super intense and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just saying they're super intense well even i said to jamal i said well Heath farwell he's i don't see that from i'm sure he can be like that but i don't see him like as this raging lunatic out on the field you know um and he said well he's a former player you know he gets it true and and that was an interesting response and it was another reminder that look around that roster and that staff of the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching staff that Doug Peterson brought in, and it's former player, former player, QB experience, QB experience, QB experience, former player, former player, former player. I mean, you've got a lot of that on there. And there are other staffs that are like that. But at this time, for this team to respect that staff and especially the head coach, I think that former playing experience coming off Urban Meyer especially, and I always hesitate to loop everybody with Urban on last year's staff. There were some good football men in there, good people in there, but the Urban thing didn't work out, so we kind of loop it in as a staff headlined by Urban. And this is just a 180 from a lot of that. Those other guys had some playing experience too, but this is like to a man, and you can almost feel it. You think it matters. It makes an impact, and I think these guys feed off that to go along with the Lombardi Trophy for Peterson, the success for Peterson, the tree of Andy Reid. And I think you're getting all these different elements of the response of this football team. And there's there's one other part of this is that I think they're going to want to win for Doug. Like, I actually think this is a win-one for Dougie type of situation. Oh, yeah. Which it's- is weird, right? That's not a thing. Come on. Is that a thing? Yeah, I think it's a thing this week. 
Yeah, it's a thing, Brent. Sometimes I occasionally want to do well for you and Aaron. You know what I'm saying? You got to do one for the team. You got to do one for the people in charge. So, yeah. Oh, that warms my heart. It should. It really should. With your, Because uh, you know it's not warming your heart. It's like your $18 coffee you just bought. But that's not important. Not yet because I got to go get it. That's still. true. It's just but, down the road. Yeah, I think there's some games where you just you get up for, for your guy and knowing what they were or where they were before they were here. And it just gives you a little bit of extra motivation. Everyone's got that next level, Brent. You got to get to it. This is one of those games. Yeah, and I, again, I think they re, they do that because they respect him and the way they he's treated them and the way what he's done. I think they recognize uh, this turnaround. I was also thinking of this uh, a little bit today. I said this countless times last year during the nightmare season that was going on, and as we even learned more and more about what was going on and how messy it was with Urban Meyer and just didn't work, that the locker room did a good job of staying together. Now, sometimes when you have that guy in Urban and you don't like it and what's happened, well, you kind of galvanize, but I think the locker room showed a bit of maturity last year, too, and then all they did was add to that, you know, with guys, the young guys, even with Walker and Lloyd and, and you name it, to the, to the veteran guys they brought in. Kirk, great locker room guy, right? So, Zay Jones, I mean, there's a maturity about them, too, to add to a locker room that already went through a lot, but also handled that situation pretty well. Like, they never had infighting that I heard of last year in that locker room. And again, it might have been because they were all pointing at the guy down the hall, but at least they didn't have that. So, there was a group that was pretty good already, and they just added to it. And then you bring a coach and a coaching staff that respects that group in that locker room, appreciates what they do, and respects them as people, um, and gives them some leeway and insight and, and ownership, uh, which they didn't get last year. And now I think you're seeing some of this blossom faster. Uh, it was the one question that we did have this past offseason, and we couldn't quantify it. I thought the Jags had a little bit of talent. We also knew it was a nightmare season last year. But we just weren't sure how many games Urban Meyer maybe cost them with the situation he created. Remember that conversation, Casey? Like, is that worth, like, two wins? Yes. Is it worth one? Is it going to even be a factor? Because somehow the Jags won three games against some pretty decent teams last year. Yeah. Uh, And maybe they were just flat out bad, and they got to do a whole lot of roster regrouping. Well, I think what's playing out here is coaching really matters. Uh, And there was probably an underbelly of talent that they were not getting the most out of last year where that team, I thought, should have won five games last year. And I think Doug Peterson would have easily won five games with that roster last year and maybe even more. And now you're starting to say, oh, wait a minute now, this Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson switch might be worth like four games. <laughs> you know, yeah. It might not be worth two or one or none. It might be worth three, four. Heck, I don't know. Maybe it's worth five. We'll never fully know. But it's starting to seem like that quantifiable number was a lot bigger than maybe we thought, Casey. Yeah, and I think just to that point, you talked with uh, Jamal Agnew about it. We'll play it a little bit later, just about the free agents that Doug Peterson brought in, right, and what the impact they had. But at the same time, to your point, we thought they could have been a five-win team last year, and you look, there are different faces, obviously, that are making plays, but a lot a lot is the same. On the offensive line, you got a new center, but, you know, those guys are there. Marvin Jones is still here. On the defense, you got a lot of the same guys that were here last year. So, to your point, yeah, at that point, it is coaching and getting the best out of your players. Obviously, growing from Trevor, important as well, and Doug Peterson helped move that along. But to your point, yeah, Doug Peterson, I think it's going to be whatever we thought it was going to be from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, I give it plus two on whatever we said. Because there's no doubt in my mind, and uh, Urban Meyer still wouldn't have been the coach at this point, 
But I think even if they don't make the decision with Doug Peterson, I'm not convinced they go to L.A. and beat a Chargers team the way they just did if Doug Peterson wasn't their coach. Yeah, I agree. Well, listen, I think there's two elements of it that I'm looking at from this vantage point. And one is, okay, there's X's and O's calling a game and coaching. And right now I think Doug's like the most brilliant guy I've ever seen in Jacksonville do it. It's, it's just been amazing to watch because it jumps out at you uh, that he put together these pieces along with Trent Baalke and boom, look what he's making them all do. You know, I mean, it's like he's playing a video game with these guys, even though they might not be like 95 rated guys on Madden. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's the one pushing those buttons, and then those guys got to go make plays. So I think there's that facet of it. But I just don't know what the, the, the feel of it all, like that healing part of it that Doug was talking about. I didn't know how many wins that would allow this team to just be the best of themselves. And right now I think we're learning that, holy cow, it, it might have been more than, than we initially thought or at least could have even guessed. And uh, we'll see if it keeps heading in that direction. And so that does bring up a question that I have and I want you to think about for a little bit later in the show. Are these guys, like, really good? Are, are we allowed to ask, like, are the Jags really good? Because if you look at every measurable through three weeks now, we're not talking one, not even two, we're getting to three weeks in, the Jacksonville Jaguars in every statistical category are right now like a top ten team. And just to remind everybody, in the power ranking system, they were like a bottom five team going into the year. Right. So, I mean, that is a massive jump. And there's still plenty of time for that to collapse and average out and get maybe they're a 15, maybe they're an 18, maybe they're just an average team. Certainly could be the case. I'm not telling you they are a great team or they're really good. But right now they're playing like a really good football team. And they go get to play against another really good football team that's playing like it in Philadelphia this week. I just wonder if we start asking ourselves – can they do this for 17 weeks or at least 14 out of the 17 and put themselves in a position to be a dangerous, dangerous team uh, later in the year? That's getting way ahead of it, but, hey, this is a fun time to ask those kind of questions. We don't get this opportunity very often. We did projections yesterday, Casey, we did. because we don't get this very often. And, again, a three-week sample is a sixth of the season. Like, that's not that small of a sample. We're a sixth of the way home. Good math. Actually, more than that. Okay. So we... I'll take your word. And I'm not doing that, but a sixth, like, would be 18 Carry the one. You know what I mean? So, I mean, a sixth is... What's a sixth? Like, uh, 17%? Yep. Is that right? It's, it sounds perfect from all so the math I like took in middle and school. and a half or 18.5% or something Yeah, it like just that. keeps getting deeper and deeper, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway. Want, we got some questions to be answered later on in the program about, are they really pretty good? And I want to keep talking also about some some math questions apparently answer later. Hey, a couple things from the stream I want to bring up to you because one of them I've actually been thinking about. So I will get your thought on that. But first, uh, Delphonic didn't take you for an eighteen dollar coffee guy. He's a little bit disappointed to hear that, Brent. Yeah, uh, so I'm not an eighteen dollar coffee guy. Okay, but yeah. uh, it's not eighteen. It was like six dollars and thirty nine cents. But it was a little surprising that it was that much. Yeah. Well, I he, mean, he's yes. If you go to the Jags hotel, oh boy, in the morning. You know, you're at, like, a nice hotel in Philadelphia, say, on Sunday. Oh, okay. And so, the station's paying for it. Oh, yeah. I don't care if it's a $6.50 kind of coffee. Nice. Bring me back one, too. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and it's kind of expected. Like, they inflate everything, you know. But I will say this. In California, at the Starbucks, in the team hotel, in California, where gas was six twenty nine a gallon, I paid $3.83 for my Starbucks coffee. 
here in Jacksonville on 210. I just paid $6.29 for the same. Actually, it might even be a smaller coffee. Wow. I mean, what the heck are they making this coffee out of? The the special beans. Yeah. It's I don't better. Know. It's going to be good. It, I, I bet it will be. Anyway, back to football. Uh, Andy asks, and I kind of brought this up yesterday during overtime with uh, Kurtz and Middleton. Great program. You should check it out. Uh, it's 6 p.m. on this same radio station. But how he, he the question that he asks is, how do we think Byron Leftwich does with this team? And I thought about that yesterday because I was thinking about Doug Peterson. And I like they're not I don't think they're as good because you got the first time head coach part of it. But I think in the long run it would have been a bad decision to make that move because of what Doug Peterson in three weeks has already done. Like, again, Byron might be a great coach and we we will find out, I bet at some point someone will hire him, but like I don't think he could have done what Doug Peterson's done in this short amount of time, and then going forward, the trust he's already built and the cachet he already has with his players. So that's kind of my take on it, but I will be interested to hear yours. Yeah, that's a really good question, and thanks for the question about it. Um, I hadn't really thought about that much. I thought a little about, like right now we're seeing Nathaniel Hackett who got a job, and I genuinely think, and I, I really like it, Nathaniel Hackett, but with the struggles they're having right now, and has, and maybe by week eight, like he's better off, but right now my confidence level in the Jags beating Denver is really high in London, and it has really nothing to do with their rosters. It has everything to do with the two guys on the sideline. I think right now what I'm seeing through three weeks, I just give Doug a massive advantage over Nathaniel Hackett, and I do think we've seen in these first few weeks coaching matters. I mean, Doug's running circles around some of these defenses. Now, that Denver defense is pretty good, so he's going to have his work cut out. And I don't think it's going to be like this every week. I'm not that pie in the sky. You're going to run into it where sometimes your game plan doesn't work like you want it to work, or you certainly don't execute the way you want to execute. But uh, So I thought about it from Nathaniel Hackett because that's coming down the road. And Hackett, by the way, will be much better probably in a month than he has been in these first few weeks. Can't be worse. And somehow they're still 2-1 and one anyway, you know. I uh, so I assume they're going to get that offense cooking at some point. But to answer your question about Byron Leftwich, like I don't know because we don't have a sample. I was not against Byron Leftwich being the head coach here. In fact, I could have signed on easy. First time, coach scared you a little bit, but I think it could have been a nice fit, a welcome home. I think a lot of people got around that. I think if you went back to our shows uh, during that time, I don't think you'll find us hammering the idea uh, that Byron Leftwich could be the guy and how that could work. He was learned from Brady, right? He'd learned from a lot of different – he'd been in Pittsburgh. He knew how to – he'd figure the culture of winning. Um, so I think they'd be okay, but I cannot say they would be doing what they are doing. And I'm going to give you the reason why. I don't think it actually has as much to do with the X's and O's, although I think it's fair to say Doug's probably a better play caller due to experience than Byron Leftwich. And could we be having the same issues that the Denver Broncos are having with their first-time head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who wants to call plays but also manage the game? I would say absolutely. Mm -hmm. Doug is very comfortable, very comfortable in that role, and he knows who to lean on. And the second go-around guy is awesome, in my estimation, especially when he had a year off to go back and think about what he would do different. And I think you're seeing some of that play out early in the season. But the biggest difference for me is, and I think Byron Leftwich would be great for the culture. I think he would have been good for the culture. But I don't know if there's anybody that could have been hired. Casey, that could have been hired. That could have done the job that Doug Peterson has done leading up to the season and flipping this around and making these guys believe and feel better about themselves and the building feel better. That was even when they were 0-0 zero and zero, we were saying that, okay? Now they feel a lot better because they're 2-1. and one. So I, I give Doug the most credit for that, that he was able to flip this thing in short order from a feel standpoint 
and from a respect standpoint and from a, uh, hey, we're, we, we know we can play football standpoint. And, and I'm not sure I could say Leftwich would have been good at that because I don't know how he would have handled that. Uh, that would be a tough thing for another first-time coach, head spinning a little bit. There's a lot going on. And also you add that part to it that he would have had to fix. And so, honestly, it's not just a Byron Leftwich question. Go I give agree me, with that. Go, go, give me all the, go give me all the hirings in this offseason. I don't think, and we've said this many a times, and we actually thought this in the first week of the hiring process, I'm not sure there was a better fit for Jacksonville than Doug Peterson. I think we are seeing the perfect guy for this job at this time, what he inherited, who he has, where it's going, and I think the Jags got, quite frankly, extremely fortunate to be able to get Doug Peterson at this moment. There will be times that, that will criticize Doug, all right? Like, he's not perfect. He's not, I'm not calling him Vince Lombardi yet. But around here for this situation, he is perfect, and you can go through all the hires. Mike McDaniel's doing a great job. Maybe he would have been good. But I don't know, and I don't think he can do as good a job as Doug's done through three weeks in the last eight months here in Jacksonville. It's a different vibe, I think. I think it's just what, what you get from Mike McDaniel – is different. I, like I don't think they're gonna. They wouldn't look at him the same way they look at Doug Peterson. And the Dolphins didn't really need to be healed, as we've heard Doug say. Like, I I just think that's a different vibe. And and Leftwich, same deal. Like he's probably more relatable to the players, like in their personal lives, because he's closer to their age and obviously played uh, the sport and all that. But I think Doug is just looked at as a different figure than Byron Leftwich or even a Mike McDaniel. Not for any bad reason. Those guys have their ways of leading, and it's obviously been working. But I think just this group needed Doug more than they needed a younger coach. Yeah. And by the way, I will say this. Uh, over the last week, I'm now mad at two different um, uh, families from an ancestor's point of view. Why didn't Mike McDaniel add an S to his name, and why didn't Chase Daniel add an S to his name? Because I just go back and forth adding S's to both of their names. Oh, McDaniels and Daniels? It's McDaniel, right? Mike McDaniel, yeah, I think so. But it should be McDaniels. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. It's Chase Daniel. It's definitely Chase Daniel. It should be Chase Daniels. It should, yeah. Well, nobody talks about him hardly ever, and now that he didn't officially start, we won't have to bring that conversation That's back. That's a good point. But Chase Daniel's stock just went way back down again. <laughs> really His mentions did. are just gone again. Yeah, like if you were buying Chase Daniel cards last week at the Bowie's House of Cards, well, they're actually less expensive than they were a week ago. If you can find a Chase Daniel card in that <laughs> shop right now, I, I don't even know what. I can't offer you any money because I have none, but, like, I would bet you something. Uh, we'll take a break. Brent and friends on ESPN 690. We'll have Jeff, Jeff Cohen join us in about an hour. We go around the league. We'll get you caught up on some of the cancellations, what's going on because of Hurricane Ian as well. We're all coming back from Devoli's House of Cards on ESPN 690 right after this. I mean, he came in and he said he was going to shift the energy, the culture, like, like that. And he, he, that's what he's done. He's brought the right people in, coaching staff-wise, um, free agent-wise. He brought in the right guys to bring energy. And I mean, if you guys have ever met Zay Jones, he exuberates energy, and it's crazy. He's always positive, and those are the type of people we needed, you know, to shift the culture here. And, I mean, Coach Peterson is just, he just brought that winning culture here, and that's what we needed. That is Jamal Agnew. He was on Jags Report Live last night at Sneakers in Jack's Beach uh, each and every Monday. And I don't think our show on Monday will get uh, impacted by Hurricane Ian, but other shows, and I'm going to mention that coming up, uh, certainly will this week. 
Uh, Jamal Agnew, really good on TV. Yeah. Well really done. Good. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Fun guy, too, uh, as we highlighted a little bit yesterday. Likeable uh, guy. Likeable guy. Cool story, man. Like, he, he said he was a zero star, basically. No offers. Yeah, we might play up, that in a little bit. Ends up staying home at San Diego, but then uh, we'll get into it a little bit later on. But played against JU a couple of times because they were in that Pioneer League, and San Diego was awesome. JU uh, always was competitive and pretty good, but he had two interceptions against JU. So he's played in Jacksonville before. Uh, even before signing that contract. And I always think it's interesting with Agnew because he was the first free agent signing of the Urban Meyer era. Yep. And really the Trent Baalke era, you know? So he's really the Trent Baalke. Now that Baalke's still here, he's Baalke's first signing. And really made the uh, the impact play of the last couple of years. Oh, my gosh. He, he made, he made the, like, the three best plays of last year, three of them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Two kick return or well, one kick return, then one, like, Field goal, the field goal return. return. Yes. What do you even call that? A field goal return, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, and then a catch against, I think, Indianapolis. That was a, just a tremendous catch. And he's supposed to be a return guy, and he's turned into a weapon a little bit of an option. He's not going to get it five, six times a game, but he got it the other day in a second and fifteen, and got the first down or second and twelve. So, uh, Jamal Agnew, good dude, and we'll have him on the show a couple more times. We now know the lineup for Jags Report Live. We just don't know exactly which day they're coming on. But uh, we'll have more with uh, uh, Jamal Agnew. We've already had Andre Sisco a couple times, and he's uh, due to join us a few more times. We'll have Dan Arnold a few times. We'll have Evan Ingram a few times. So, and then I'm working on a couple of one-offs as well. The whole squad. Uh, with that show. So, yeah, we're kind of, we do it a little bit different than we do with Jaguars All Access, where Josh Allen's our, our guest every week, and then he brings somebody else. Josh and friends. Josh and friends, yes. That's what, yeah. It's Brent and friends and Josh and friends. You should propose that to uh, the Jags, see how they like it. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they'll definitely just well, flip right on that. On Twitter today, I proposed Josh should get a new contract like today. So oh, yeah, I saw we'll it. see how the Jags like that. Nice. I, I mean, know, Brent. I think it's pretty good advice. Hey, what about you? I think I think it's very good advice. Yeah. Listen, number one thing I hate to do, listen to Brent Martineau. But you occasionally have these good points, and that and that is a good one. Uh, you gotta you gotta extend Josh Allen, uh, no matter what. <laughs> yes, I think so. Uh, I did that after. Uh, well, I was actually tweeting about Rasheen talking about him yesterday, and then the Jags dropped their mic'd up segment on Jaguars.com and their YouTube channel, and it was really good. So later on tonight, after our show, Brent and friends, you can go visit with Josh and his friends in a mic'd up segment. Uh, there, we're going to actually visit with Josh and my uh, conversation with him Sunday in LA uh, before the end of this show. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit more about cancellations. That Jaguars All Access show that we do on Thursday at String Sports Brewery, that has been postponed this week. We're sliding it around, and then we made an executive decision just because of some of the unknowns. And also we thought people uh, wouldn't have it much of a chance to get out there. We wish we could do it because they're coming off the win, and it's fun. And uh, But I, we're, we're going to hold off and do an hour show next week. So we go one hour from Strings, which is actually cool because I've always wanted to try the one-hour all-access, especially when things are hopping and going well. Because I I think we run out of time sometimes on Jaguars all-access when it's like when they're winning, and it's fun, you know? Yeah. Um, So I look forward to doing that next Thursday. Uh, It's canceled. An hour of Josh and Friends. An hour (laughs) of Josh and Friends and Brent. And Jeff Lagerman. Yeah. How does and, it feel to be the friends now, Brent? Yeah, huh? yeah. That just, that's Roles okay. reversed. That's certainly fine. Uh, certainly fine. Um, it's good to be a friend to somebody. <laughs> Especially Josh. It's a good friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I wish I was a friend. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Friday Night Blitz. 
Blitz scoreboard show. Those are not going to happen on Friday. Uh, Friday Night oh. Blitz on uh, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.20 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. That is not happening uh, because, right, quite frankly, we have no games. <laughs> we have every school district is canceled uh, for they're out of school. Uh, most schools are out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as many of you know. And so when you are out of school, you can't have after-school activities. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are... We will make up that show on TV. We will also make up the Blitz scoreboard show. We just haven't decided where. A lot of these games are being moved to Monday, so it's a possibility. Monday is that Blitz scoreboard show or even Friday Night Blitz, but that's not official yet. Uh, We'll make sure we keep you in the loop on that front. Uh, There are high school games coming up today. In fact, I'm going to go to Providence and be live from there. Uh, They are playing University Christian. They were ahead of the storm and said, let's play Tuesday night. And so they're playing tonight at 7 o'clock. I'll be there live at 6.50 on Fox 30. And then tomorrow I know Episcopal and Bowles are scheduled. Now, I haven't seen if that changed any because a lot of schools are canceling on Wednesday, but I haven't seen yet if that changed with the private schools and Episcopal Bowles. But outside heard was 4 o'clock. There is also another school game tonight. Uh, What am I missing? Menendez uh, playing tonight instead, I think, at 6 o'clock. Again, there's going to follow us on social media. I'm not going to give you every one, but there's a bunch of different reschedules. Things are hanging. Yeah, they really are. I mean, they're working hard to try to reschedule. And usually the time to reschedule is on a Monday, which I always think is kind of odd. Sometimes they'll play like a Friday, a Monday, and a Friday. That's wild. Which is nuts. Right. That is, that's crazy. That's yeah. A, it feels hard to play football like that. Me and Brian Milton were actually talking about that uh, when I was in there before the show. And, like, you know, when you're a kid, right, like any time, any place, let's get after it. So, yeah, but that still is tough. It's, it's tough. Got to uh, go to iCryo to recover from that, right, Brent? <laughs> yes, very good. Thank you very much. Okay. iCryo in St. John's County would be hopping <laughs> that week. And it uh, should be hopping anyway because that's where you go get your recovery. Um what else am I missing here? So no high school football Friday, no blitz scoreboard show for us. Do I no still have to come to work on access. Thursday and Friday? <laughs> we don't know that yet, but uh, welcome oh. to storm coverage. Oh. Would this be your first time doing storm? We didn't have one last year? Uh, no. No. Really? We didn't have a storm last year? No. Wow. No. I thought we almost, we almost got by this year without one. This what? is late in the season, kind of late in the season for it. When I was in TV, there was, there thought there was going to be one, but there wasn't. So, yeah, I've just been kind of skating through the no hurricane coverage, but now I'm on, like, all kinds of lists to do things, and it's <laughs> It's fun. actually, I mean, it can be kind of fun for, because we don't do it all the time. Right. So when you get sucked into it a little bit, you're like, that's ah, okay. It's kind no, of I, I like the, uh, I don't like the hurricane, but... I like the breaking newsy part of it. Like, that's one thing that I, I like. Like, when things are happening, uh, like, we've had it happen a couple times on the show where, like, I'm refreshing Twitter and I'm watching the TV. Like, I enjoy that. So, uh, obviously, I don't enjoy the hurricane part of it. But, you know, if they let me sit up there in front of the mic, Brett, I'll be boom, boom, boom. I'll be doing my thing. <laughs> hey, anyway, uh, real quick, just to confirm, I know I usually ask you these type of questions, but uh, Sawyer on Twitch, I think he's talking about uh, Jazz Report Live. If uh, people go out, can they get autographs from your guests on the show? Yeah, they can. Uh, Jamal signed for probably a good 20 minutes yesterday. Had a nice crowd yesterday. Uh, man, winning like helps. It. Winning helps. Uh, and, and we had a really good crowd. Love seeing the kids out there. Uh, Josh Allen's been signing at Strings as well after the shows, and so have his guests. Uh, the first time Trayvon Walker didn't sign because he had he was, had another commitment immediately following. And this is how cool Trayvon Walker is. He's like, hey, I'll come back and sign during another show, even if I'm not on it. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and and so uh, 
But we're like, well, we'll bring you back on the show. <laughs> and then you can We can too. squeeze you in, sir. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, but at, at Sneakers, yes, they sign after as well. Cisco has, and, and so has Jamal Agnew. Um, yeah, it's, really, it's actually a fascinating discussion I've had with some of the marketing people and their agents, because mm-hmm. I don't think of it this way. But this became a thing really around uh, Gardner Minshew time when he was hot, you know, and, and I mean, call it 15 minutes of fame. It, it lasted more than that. But they were, tr- you know, he was getting, he wasn't getting a lot of money to play football, like by NFL standards. Right. And so trying to cash in on some opportunities. Well, we had him out to talk golf for Jags Report Live one time. And, but his guy said he wouldn't sign after. Now, it's not Gardner saying that, but it's their guys. And what they were doing is trying to pr- protect them. Because you know this business well. They didn't want stuff out there being signed. Yeah. They wanted to keep the market clean so then they could get paid by, like, a Palm Beach autographs or somebody like that to bring them in for a signing. Yeah. And I, so, so I it's, understand it's, it. I get it. Like, I do it's get wrong, it. It's wrong, but I understand it. Well, it's okay. Like, what I would do, yeah, I don't, I don't know how wrong it is. I understand some of it as well. Um, I, I, I would say two things that I kind of would go back and forth be like, well, I mean, just sign for the kids, you right. know. That's, just sign for the kids. Like, that's yeah. all I care about, the kids. I, I mean, we appreciate everybody coming out. But as long as you can take the time to sign for the kids, I think that's cool because I think the kids remember that, and that's how you grow the fan base a little bit too. Uh, they'll remember that moment. But the other thing is I understand that if you can't sign anything, then maybe just take pictures, Casey. Like, that could Why be not? an option, right? Just, yeah. take a, just take a picture. Uh, and we never get into those deeper conversations. But I just thought it was interesting, and you know that world. Yeah. Um, and so, like, let's just say I could see, like, Trevor has a signing deal, right? He does with Fanatics. Okay, so I could see, like, if we had Trevor out, which we're not scheduled to yet, but hopefully at some point we will, like, I could see them limiting what he signs. Sure, right? sir, yes, Because certainly. he's got, like, a, a very lucrative deal with, a si- like, a memorabilia place. Yeah, he does. And, yeah, that's, I'm all with that. Listen, business is business. You do what you got to do. But to the point you made, Brent, it, it, you know, Trevor Lawrence all accounts, all world guy, I bet he I bet he take care of the kids. Right. Just knowing what I know about Trevor. If you don't want to sign for for Casey, right, with his eight mini helmets, I'm with you, right? I don't even want to be there either because I feel like a bad person doing it. So listen, I'm with that. But to your point, you gotta take care of the kids. At a minimum, pop some selfies and, you know, guard yeah. whatever happened there, whatever happened there. But, you know, take care of the kids at least. I, again, I, you make your memories. And I will say this, too, and I do know this, and this is why you got to be a little careful of it. You kind of say, oh, why not? It's the guy. Like, he's a jerk or this or that. It's never the guy. Like, the guy would sign. Mm-hmm. It's always the guy's guy. <laughs> you it's know? true. That's putting the, the, the stop sign up. Yeah. Because all he, cause he sees dollars and is like, wait a minute now. <laughs> that's, that's what he's seeing. And so it's never – I would say it's very unusual to be the player in those situations. Yeah. But more so like their team of people that are trying to protect an asset, quite yeah. frankly. And just if you're – there's a video right now, just since we're on this, and this and that was never going to come up anyway. So uh, if you're on Twitter right now and you see the video floating around of Mike Trout not signing for the two kids, you might come across that video that has like 800 views. Um, all I'm going to say is I know the guy that took the video. I know whose kids those were. If you saw it, don't leave hate for Mike Trout. That, I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, it, 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 it is presented horribly for Mike Trout. Like, it looks bad. But if you start to do the, the details on what's happening and where this video is taken, 
and knowing some background on it, I'll just say Mike Trout's a good dude. I know that video's around. I've had many people send it to me. Just Interesting. Yeah. And, and Trout smart enough to know what was going on there probably? Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he yeah. Knows. So, uh, and by the way, Trout's like all world guy too, isn't he? He's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I love him. Yeah. So, and I, I feel bad for the guys that get put in tough spots sometimes, but uh, we also love when people come out to the shows, and and you love uh, to be able to get some autographs and pictures and be a part of it. And uh, I guess the the long answer here is yes. Come out to uh, Strings on Thursdays. Come out to Sneakers on Mondays, and uh, you'll be able to hang out a little bit with the players. Usually, get autographs, pictures. Uh, as well, and be on TV. There you go. That's the so best part. And you might be able to get an autograph from Brent Martin as well. Also, well, why I did sh- sign a couple yesterday. Yeah. No, you didn't. I did. I told him. I tell him all the time. I'm like, do not. You don't want this on there. No, you don't. And, and then, but then they they insisted. So there's going to be team balls floating around with Martino on them. That's going to be incredible. It. Larry Bird. Um, the uh, hey, what, we were talking about schedules. I I don't want to neglect the the Gators moved their game to Sunday. They did. So uh, they instead of playing noon Saturday, they play Sunday, and I'm sure Gator fans know that by now. But if you're just jumping in, I want to make sure as we get some of these new changes uh, that uh, the Gators are on Sunday. They announced that today. Florida State has not said anything different, right, Casey? Uh, not that I've seen yet. I think we'll get some more details on it as we go along. But right now it looks like it's still on and on time. And I also want to throw out there, Brent, why is Aaron Schachter in the YouTube chat? If you got time to chat, Schachter, come on the show. You're supposed to be here right now. You have questions to answer about Tua. Oh, my, he's like here. It. He just walked through the door right now. I was just yelling about you. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Brent and friends what will a be moment. back on ESPN 690. That was a great moment. I'd probably go with Jalen Hurts uh, only because the expectations were so much higher for Tua. And, and I realize most people know what I'm about to say, but they competed for the starting job uh, at Alabama. That's how uh, closely attached these two guys are. And then Jalen finally uh, departed to go to Oklahoma for his senior year. So I, I expected Tua to have a big year. He was a first-round pick. Jalen, there was always a, some doubt about him. So, I mean, the fact that he is playing at, the, at this level, I'd probably give him a slight edge, although Tua's story is, is pretty legendary this year. Uh, that's Paul Feinbaum. And just homer up, Paul Feinbaum. Anybody who played the SEC, of course I knew he was going to do well this year. Homer yeah. out of here, Feinbaum. Brent Martin along with uh, Casey Kurtz. And is Aaron Schachter there as well? I'm live from Davoli's House of Cards. Brent and friends on ESPN 690. And, oh, we got some two a question for Aaron Schachter. <laughs> <laughs> Answer them up, Brent. What's going on in Miami? Let's go, man. First of all, I just I need to ask because I realize you guys aren't numbers guys. You're more like uh, Neanderthal kind of guys. You just like to look at stuff and drool a little bit. <laughs> Did you check the stats on that Miami game against Buffalo? Did you guys happen to peek at what a juggernaut of an offense Tua is running in Miami? No, I saw the important stat, which had a W. Mm, okay. They just, ate a W. Just checking. Here's the thing. First of all, does anybody ask out of a game more than Tariq Hill? This guy is on the sideline like every fourth play. Hey, he's got to catch some wind. <laughs> he's I like the fastest the game, guy so. in the NFL. This guy is on the sideline every game. I don't understand what's happening. Seriously, he needs like oxygen or something. And poor Jalen Waddle. If he runs a 20-yard route, he has to run 40 yards because he's coming back 20 to catch the pass. And then he's running downfield. It's ridiculous. They're wild. Bro. They have to get these kids a real quarterback. The Dolphins could be a real contender. A they real are. contender. They're 3-0. and I'm telling you, it's fraudulent. 
Really? They beat the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> no, the, Broncos, the Broncos are fraudulent. The Broncos are for fraudulent, by the way. I agree with that. Yeah. And the Dolphins are better than the Broncos. Fine if you need to hear it. Fine. The, the Dolphins are better than the Broncos. I'm just saying. You know, it's crazy. Who is not the guy? You know, I saw a stat today. Like, the Bills ran 85 plays. Like, we thought the Jags ran a lot with 75. It was yes. They ran 85 plays. The last team to, like, hold the ball for 40 minutes and run, like, I think it was 85 plays, was actually the Jags did it in a loss. Wow. And Mark Burnell, like, way back in the day, I think it was 96 or something, if I saw that stat right, which is just a wild statistic. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Right? But, but, like, the whole game was, like, I think the Dolphins punted, like, five or six times. The Bills punted once. How did they lose that game? I don't know. Like, I did not watch the game front to back. I was peeking in on it from L.A. It was awful. Um, and watching kind of like the red zone stuff and a little bit of everything. So I wasn't locked in. But I, how did they, from a statistical standpoint, how did they lose? They didn't even turn it over a lot. It was one turnover. Yeah. It was and just Miami even had a butt punt. It was, it was a weird, slow game. Punt, yeah. It was a weird, slow game. Miami should have lost that game like twice. And I'm watching Jalen. I'm watching Waddle. I'm like this. This guy might be, maybe not this year, but might be within the next couple of years, like a top three or five wide receiver. Oh, he's he's there. He's oh, untouchable. He's yeah, he he's catches good. everything. He breaks tackles. He's wide yeah. open, like yeah. everything. And then he waddles when he scores. <laughs> it's amazing. The whole stadium awesome. waddles. It's, it's incredible. As much <laughs> as I hate the Dolphins, I enjoy watching Waddle. That is a cool deal, right? Once you get cooking with a name like that, you oh, have a yeah. celebration the like branding? that. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, he's going to be turned into Justin Jefferson. Yeah, what's going to happen? He's like, going right? to get a pet penguin somehow. <laughs> well, and he's in a better market for it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, not it's a little cooler being Miami. Yeah, which you can picture him wearing a big penguin chain, too, made out of diamonds. Diamonds and awesome. stuff like the whole thing is just it smacks of great great branding. I mean, over hang there. around if you can, Aaron. But I mean, we're going to get to a break, but we're going around the NFL. And the question is like, how did they let Tua back in that game? Like that is just you can't scream player safety. Yeah. I, I, I said when I saw that video, I was like, the NFL has to call Miami at halftime and say, do not put him back. Yeah, in what the are game. you doing? Yeah. Well, but before they even put him in, they should have said, you better not. I don't care if he's fine. That looked so bad. Don't put him back in the game. I, we can't I wouldn't be a player safety and do that. Yeah, I wouldn't believe that they would need to make that call. If you're Miami, you're talking about what you're what's supposed to be your franchise quarterback. You tried to trade twice and replace, but you know you're not putting him back in the game when he's barely walking straight. Every yeah. day's a shot. Every I'm just saying the franchise is an embarrassment. Oh, yeah, right. Speaking of embarrassments, the Jets played on Sunday. Hey, let's not get off the point here. Let's not get off the topic. Isn't it break time? Look, Brent's late. It is. Let's I moved start. some stuff around just so we could do this. Brent's but totally it's, late it's, right now. Yeah, he I is. know. I was trying to get out on time, but then Eric joined the break. Uh, good, to, good to see you. Good to hear from I you. I miss you guys I so know. much, man. We I've don't. been doing such boring stuff. But it's important stuff. Do you hear the energy I'm bringing into this room I right do. now? It's like the first time I've been allowed to play in like 24 or 48 hours. <laughs> Come back and visit. We're here until 6. <laughs> We'll be back live from the Bullets House of Cards. Uh, friends, that's Aaron Schachter. Maybe he'll stop back in. Uh, Casey Kurtz, Brent Martineau. We do go around the NFL, and I want to stay on the organizations for Tua and Herbert. Are they being careless? And then we'll go around the other big stories in the NFL as well. That's coming up next on ESPN 690.